0: Macario on her right, bends it into the...
1: My goodness, y'all. Uh, welcome to another episode of Diaspora United. Um, it's actually hilarious because we were gonna have a whole rundown, a whole lot of things happened. There were a lot of international tournaments. There was the CBA, uh, not CBA. I'm see, I'm tripping already. There was the uh, the announcement of the settlement with the U.S. Women's National Team. There's a lot of news that dropped, but then, but then the U.S. Women's National Team, the new generation. Went out there and went wild against Iceland. So we said we just gotta put on the mics and go crazy. Courtney, go crazy.
0: It's time for the vibes. Literally, cat put look, cat. <laughs> I would like to say we've been saying it for a while. Andre, if you remember, I actually think Back. our second episode in the existence of this podcast was just being really hype about cat. <laughs> like like we were just really, really yeah. excited. Um, so we have Literally been saying it for a while. I do like saying that. Uh, for all the haters out there who just don't believe it, um, honestly, like that first goal, banger. Second goal, chip and dip golazo.
1: Oh my god, a chip
0: and dip golazo. Just also like the part <laughs> of the broadcast where they're like, "Did she mean to do it?" I was like, "Are you kidding me? She one million percent meant to do it." What type of, of foolish question is that?
1: <laughs> you know what's wild about that second goal? Is I saw and I could I could kind of tell when uh, I think it was Pew who played the pass through the middle and Cat was upset that she wasn't there. She knew she should have been there to be able to get like a first time shot. So she just tracked the ball wide, and I was thinking, okay, she took it too wide to just like get it like a revenge shot. Cause you see that a lot when players do something and they weren't where they're were supposed to be. So as soon as they get the ball, they just smash it. Whether it's it's like right up against player, uh, a player, a defender, or something, they just got a Unleash some frustration so they just hit the ball hoping for something to happen and then it rolled so wide and I was like all right well she's not going to be able to do that and then she just chips the ball and I was like yo she is not doing this right now <laughs> I was like not after that first goal that she scored like cat, that's enough she was like no it is not enough I'm gonna do this right now
0: the absolute audacity of Katerina Macario, just oh, the audacity. Like also that first goal, it was so funny because I feel like so the se- the sequence like right or almost right before that, I remember Cat was coming down. What the the right wing, yeah, right the right side of the field, the field closer to the cameras. You understand? She was coming back and she won the ball defensively, and it was so funny because I remember like Christy Muse was asking for the ball. She's probably like five, um, probably like five yards in front of her, but there were like four uh Icelandic players around her. And so Cat instead like kind of like chipped the ball over Christie and it because there was like I think it might have been maybe Emily Fox um on running to like running on the other side of the field and I remember twe- like and I was about to tweet. And I was like I'll just save this for another moment. And I was like wow, Cat's vision. I was like the obligatory tweet about her vision. And then I just decided to send it off, and then literally seven seconds later, all of a sudden she's at that corner of the right on top of the eighteen ball out of her feet or um ball at her feet, one touch hits it right, kisses the inside of the post and it's over just that was beautiful passage
1: outrageous, just outrageous, and she started the whole thing too like it's just uh, this is the thing like we we, we i'm a Yes, we're gonna take a bit of a victory lap on this, right? Because we've been trying to tell people, and it's not—it's not just Cat, but I want to talk about Cat a lot for this match because I'm so happy for her. Like she has been. This is what she's wanted. If you listen to interviews and listen to her talk and her changing, you know, the the a citizenship from Brazil to the U.S. She wanted to star for the U.S. Women's National Team. She's been wanting to, she's already, was already good enough straight out of college to step right into the starting lineup at Lyon, has been killing it for Lyon. And you're just like, we know she is so good. It's only a matter of time before she does this in a U.S. Women's National Team shirt. But then, like you said, there have been a lot of haters. Oh, I just don't see it yet. Or she, something happens when she's with the team, or maybe, you know, she's around too many other players who are just as talented as she is and she doesn't stand out or whatever like all that stuff i heard in my mentions in real life and i was like no 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 i'm telling you this player is something that we ain't ever had before and she showed that tonight and i'm so happy for her because it was an outrageous performance what she did like i saw i was i was um just responding to a tweet from Kim McCauley, who said this wasn't even a bad performance from Iceland. It's just that the U.S. Women's national team is outrageous, just did this outrageous performance. And that was the promise of all these young players, just how talented they were. You know that at any time, any one of them can pop off and do some outrageous stuff to win a game. And what we've been really, really waiting for, particularly in this tournament, is all, some of them to pop off all at the same time. And that's exactly what we got.
0: Yeah. she And, you know, the crazy thing is, so, you know, when this game was happening and I was like, Kat is just, honestly, Kat is being Cat." Like if you watch Leone, like you see her quality. Um, And I feel like also, you know, if I'm being my most honest self, I feel like part of the reason that it probably doesn't come across, um, let's say it's naturally on the US Women's National Team is sometimes there are <laughs> deeply foolish other factors at play um like uh you know a lot of people are tweeting about it i know i tweeted the wrong number about it but i was thinking back to the olympics she only got seven minutes that's like there are so many beginning of my village and yeah. my villain origin stories and cat getting seven minutes at the olympics is definitely one of them along with a whole of other things but i also feel like at like you know thinking about this new generation kind of coming through um it was so funny. Julie Foudy said something <laughs> about the new generation, and I was like, "It's because they're Gen Zers. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just they're they're different, just fundamentally." Um, but to me, a big part of it, and like why, obviously, we've seen Cat grow over the course of these three games in the She Believes Cup. But I also feel like a big portion of it were, of why and um, is that she was at least this game to me. It seemed like she was just actually given more ability to just roam and like not necessarily try to. Like, even though we're saying, like, we're all very, very excited about Cat false nine, it was kind of clear to me that, like, she was still in a little bit, like, being asked to do, like, traditional nine type things. And I feel like in this match was, like, one of the first times where we just, like, she almost just kind of had free reign to roam. Like, sometimes we saw her on the right, sometimes we saw her on the left. I mean, obviously we, like, would just, you know, kind of see her come back into the midfield, but also... Um, I think her combining with Ashley Sanchez, who to me also had a a really, really great match, provided assists for that Malpugh goal. Um, It's just kind of this new generation that I think just kind of, for the most part, operates kind of differently. And I think part of that really does come from like the fact that to me, so many of these players aren't asked to be in traditional roles, if that makes sense. Like we don't have, like, for example, we don't really have, any more, like, Alex Morgan-type players, if you think about, like, forwards, right? Like, to me, that kind of that age of number nine is... If it's not gone, it's either really changing, like, even when you think about, you know, and, uh, from these past few matches, like, Ashley Hatch and how not only did was she playing in these matches, but also, you know, how she kind of functions um, with the spirit. Like, there's just no more traditional like, just, you know, kind of number nine big target striker, at least in the international game, I feel like, right now. um, And so, yeah, to me, Kat, absolutely outrageous all over the place. Like, her, not only, like, her vision, her touches, her quality on the ball. Like, I don't know. One thing in the back of my head that kind of makes me sad is I'm so, so happy for Kat, but I also just wish that Crystal Dunn was allowed to have this role.
1: Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. That's a very, very good point because – we can see like that the level of attacking talent we had it we just had it at left back for so long um and it was frustrating to to watch that happen especially as we played in that static 433 i think the point you mentioned uh you touched on as far as the players and how they are playing how they move around a lot that's what we need that's more modern that's how you really confuse defenses especially so many you know um uh, so so many organized defenses and especially with with pressing and counter pressing being in everybody's squad you need to be able to make sure that players can do a job wherever they are on the pitch and you can't just be so predictable that you're always in the same place doing the same thing so i want to so like tactically i'm happy i have been a little frustrated if i'm honest with some of black you know especially early in the tournament i thought that some of the stuff came from black not really allowing the players to do too much i think maybe they were I don't know if they were thinking too much or I don't know if, you know, he was kind of overloading them with information or wanted them to stay in a certain set in order to work on specific passing angles. But like, you also have to play to your opponent. And and a lot of times what was happening with the opponents is they were just, they they had us figured out like Czech Republic defended so well. And there were a couple of times where we got loose and we got, we're able to get by, get through the line and get some shots, but it wasn't as many as you would, would have wanted. And I think part of that was because of course, the players weren't together all that often, uh, hadn't been together. And and also, I think the tactics of the match weren't quite set up for, this is what we need to do to break down the Czech Republic. It was, this is what I want to see on the pitch, no matter who you're playing. Like, these are the t- this is the type of way I want us to play. And I think they kind of got stuck a little bit. But the the overall, like the big thing, while I'm super happy about this, the thing that i'm really really happy about with this game this particular the iceland game the game tonight when i'm really really happy about it and why i'm i'm so excited about it is because not only was this the promise but finally like this is it's a quick turnaround right we talked about this all summer like the leading up into the the olympics that's when the transition should have been happening like it sh- mm-hmm. it happened way late and they have they don't have much time to get it right and so people were were upset about that nil nil, you know, match versus the Czech Republic. Even though that is a difficult team to break down and beat, we know that they drew with the Netherlands, you know, twice. So it wasn't just a fluke result. That team can defend and play well when they need to. And it, you, it was frustrating because it was like it's not really all the players' fault. Like, yeah, you want to see some sharper finishing. Yeah, you want to see some, you know, some better one on one play. You want to see them making better decisions in the final third. But also. It's like these players are out there playing at, at this playing when they should have been out there maybe a lot sooner, like playing together for the first time. And they should that shouldn't have been the first time they were out there. They had plenty of opportunity to start to transition the squad, but they tried to ride the majority of that 2019 World Cup winning squad in a delayed, a year delayed Olympics, and it didn't go well. And it also truncated the timeline to be able to put together the new generation. So, like all of it has kind of been. And of course, the players are the one that feel that pressure, that get that pressure on their shoulders, like now go out there and perform when we haven't adequately put you up to speed in the system. Tonight, they did it, though.
0: Right. And actually, I want to do I do want to touch on uh, the Czech Republic because, you know, we've watched I know we're going to hit on other international, you know, games going on. But to me, if I'm being my most honest self and like to to be fair, this is like a tiny bit of a caveat that like, you know, I wasn't necessarily watching every international match uh, this you know this past window, but to me, the Czech Republic had honestly probably had the most or like let's say top three uh most organized defense <laughs> that I'd seen during this entire international break, like I mean at times like I mean the u s weren't necessarily put under pressure a whole bunch, but even just thinking about you know like other teams in Europe at one point, I was like, sometimes this is just like Loki vibey. <laughs> Like what is going on here? Like, there's uh not really a ton of defensive shape or and or structure. Um, but yeah, like the Czech Republic were very very organized defensively, and I think for that match in particular, it was kind of a combination of things. Of a these players not playing together, which like definitely should have happened earlier. I mean, what the U.S. plays like every every international break, like a um, not to pop over to France for a second, but uh, Vivian Miedema got her, I think, 106th cap for the Netherlands, and she's now in the top 10 of all time uh, on the women's side for capped players for the Netherlands. Meanwhile, like, I think what was it? Kelly O'Hara got her 150th either tonight or the match beforehand, and she's, like, the 24th U.S. player with 150 or more caps. Like, these, cl- these players are quite simply playing all the time. To me, there is absolutely no reason why... We haven't, like, obviously not including the pandemic, but you can, I mean, you can honestly probably even see a little bit of the seeds beforehand um, of not seeing this kind of young and new generation of players coming together uh, in ways that, like, you know, we haven't seen before, especially going into the Olympics.
1: Yeah, and that's a that's kind of the other thing, right? That the Olympics didn't go well as planned, like if you wanted to give that 2019 team another shot to say, "Hey, go out there and get another um try, try your best to get another trophy." It probably should have been y'all, you know, in in 2020, which couldn't happen because of the pandemic. So maybe that's what you do. But then, because they didn't do well, they turned around, and the games that were after that that were scheduled to be like a victory tour couldn't really be that because you don't really, you know, this ain't the country to be celebrating bronze, especially not in that, and this ain't the football program, the international, the national football program to be celebrating the bronze medal and going on tour with that all around the country. So they turned that into the Carly Lloyd farewell tour instead, and we talked a yeah. lot about that. so instead of bringing through and working on all of the young players being able to play in those matches. They and they ended up just just having Carly being in, it was all about Carly Lloyd and all about older players and it was like y'all have work to do. You just saw that Olympic performance; it's not good enough. We need the new generation to come in now. Things need to start working now. And so I'm fru- I'm still frustrated. I don't want to I don't want to take away from what the players did tonight, but I just want to put it all in context because I think it's really important to realize like what these players have done in this. In this tournament, even though, you know, it's a small tournament, it wasn't against some of the massive names in Europe, um, but it was a good tournament for them. And they grew. You could see the growth. You could see the connections coming. You could see, you know, the the potential. And then the potential wasn't potential tonight. The potential was this is what we're capable of. And that's what you want to see.
0: Going into some like more just kind of overarching thought with the US, with the team as a whole, like some definitely some standout players that I had this tournament. I thought Emily Fox played really, really well. Um, I thought the partnership, I mean I was kind of laughing at it at one point, but the partnership between Tierna Davison and Alana Cook is uh really coming along swimmingly. Um, like at some point I would just kind of see them move and I was like, You guys literally like either kind of similar Body shape wise, which I didn't catch (laughs) really until this tournament, but sometimes the way they were both moving, I was like, "Wow, y'all just got like y'all kind of got like twin connection, like same brain." Like I know y'all aren't twins, but um, yeah. But I thought their partnership was coming. It is going on, going along really well. I'm deeply angry that Vlaco did not put Becky at the nine. Just truly, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? We saw Millie Bright today score as a center forward. You're telling me you cannot <laughs> let Becky Sauerbrunn score as a forward. We're gonna talk about that later. Forward? We are because it was hilarious. But like, first of all, truly, how dare you? Um, but yeah, I thought uh, Emily. Yeah, Emily Fox had a really bright tournament. Honestly, I thought like the kind of the weird thing about this thing is to me, this entire tournament with the U.S. Women's National Team is was like everyone had like kind of good individual performances but like not good team performances like do you know what I mean like to me it was never well with the with the caveat of maybe like two to two really like two players um that sometimes we were just like this is calamitous um like to me it wasn't like oh this one person is like really off the mark or their touches are really bad or they're not getting in good space or anything it was just like it was. It was just like the system at first was not working. Like, do you do you yeah, know what I no, mean? No,
1: I I completely agree. I think that it takes, Yeah, absolutely. And that's I I do think it just it takes time. You know that that's kind of the thing about it is it, it's frustrating to see because it does take time and they didn't really give it the time that it deserved. They just kind of were like, all right, we need y'all now. Finally, like they held on to it as long as they possibly could. And. Thankfully, the team is so talented. The young kids are so talented that it worked. But yeah, there was a lot that, that seemed like it needed to get up to speed real quick because it wasn't quite there yet. Uh, you mentioned a lot of the performances out there and they there were, were great. There
0: were a few, were a few that were calamitous.
1: Correct. <laughs> and I want to talk, about, <laughs> one no, oh, talk oh, about one specifically. No, we are going to talk about one specifically because okay. I, I need to understand why Vlatko is making the decisions at right back, particularly after he made a different one and it paid off very well. Sofia Huerta is the right back for this team. She combines well. She delivers crosses. She's incredible. She's so good. Man, I... I, I just got annoyed and I, I didn't even, I didn't feel like it wasn't even, it was one of those things where I was like, I want to, in the first match uh, against Czech Republic, what I wanted to do is go back and I wanted to clip every single cross that Kelly O'Hara put in. Because I promise you four or five were just shoulder height straight at the goalkeeper. It's like she was playing catch with her. Just straight up, straight to the goalkeeper. And I was like, what is, why are you doing this? And disclaimer to people who think, That's called hate. No, this is called analysis. All right. I think (laughs) Kelly O'Hara has a role. She's very good for the Washington spirit and what they ask her to do. She is very good. She is part of a championship team and a good part. She scored the game winning goal uh, off of a um, back post run. Like it was, she has a role. It's just that it's okay to say when you look at this team and say the way that she plays and the way that she is not great at defending at this point in her career. Uh, particularly on the international level. And her crosses are not there. Like the crossing ability is not there. The connection is not there with some of the players. And it just wasn't working. Like that first match was weird. Sophia Smith was playing right back sometimes. Then Kelly was in the center and the ball would get to her and she was just confused. And I'm like, if you're going to be confused, why are you even there? Like nobody asked a right back to come that far (laughs) central.
0: Well, no. So there was this one point and it made me laugh because I was literally like, what is going on? where Kelly was just in the middle of the park, and I think Sophia Smith might have had the ball, and Kelly was, like, open, asking for the ball, but Sophia was not passing to her, because it was like, why are you in the center of the midfield? It was... Right. You know what it honestly kind of reminded me of, if I'm being my most honest self? It kind of reminds me of, like, Emily Fox, where sometimes she's left back, but then sometimes she's in the center of the park. But the thing is that, like, it very much works for Emily Fox, because to me it's like she's kind of always played that way. But also, to it's exactly. also, like, the... She knows, oh, this is a really good time where I can come into the center of the park. But this is the time where I should like either stay on the wing or stay left back where it just like was not working in the same way for Kelly O'Hara. And I think honestly, like part of it is that they're quite simply just different players <laughs> like Emily Fox, like loves getting on the ball, you know, um, sometimes dribbling, sometimes driving at back lines. Like it just I don't know, to me, they they also just kind of function differently as different players. Um But yeah, that first game where sometimes she was just on the front line and I saw some tweets being like, like all of us were like, what is going on? And then I saw some other tweets being like, maybe that's what she was asked to do. And I was like, I mean, it probably was what she was asked to do, which to me brings up another question of why were you asking her to do this? Like very specifically, like go into the middle of the park or (laughs) be like be a striker for a little bit like quite simply why like if you wanted to unlock a a stodged defense go put lynn williams and midge purse up there who can get behind back lines and also low-key embarrass you in the process like not have your right back just kind of float in a way that she's a not used to doing but b it's also causing confusion and simultaneously like confusion and also rigidness in your attackers because they would pop up and then be like not i i'm not going to say they were like what is kelly doing here <laughs> but sometimes they pop up and be like oh hello kelly <laughs> like in a way that they were not expecting
1: well yeah th- i think that's the that's the key right that we just talked about the players playing together for the first time and they need to work things out they need the space they need to understand each other's movements and kelly o'hara coming in in the middle like that isn't something that they're going to like, that's not a consistent thing that we can rely on. So there was no reason for it to happen. You know, if you need another player to come into that space, you know, you can move things around. You can do midfielders. You know, you have a lot of things you can do, and, you know, especially in when uh when he took off Morgan Gatraw and put on Christy Mewis. We had a lot of our attacking after that. I think he made a few lineups. Blacko made a couple of lineup mistakes expecting something different because he had Sullivan and Gattrall on there. And really what it was is that you needed more, more creative, another creative midfielder to push forward and to drive at the Czech Republic defense. But Guthrall wasn't going to do that and Sullivan was playing a six and she wasn't going to do much of that either. You need to stay back and make sure that you're blocking off counterattacks as well. So it was a it was a combination of lineup things. But yeah, I mean, the thing the thing with the, it was just so weird is that like there are right backs, there are fullbacks who can do this you know, who can go central and they know what they're doing. They're smart. They can combine with attack. You know, we'll talk about Canada later, but Ashley Lawrence has been incredible this international break. She had one uh, multiple runs where she would come, come inside and and uh, and dribble and, and be able to lay off perfect passes to start attacks. She is so, so good at doing that. So certain fullbacks can do that, but you can't just have any fullback do that. Like we're talking about Ashley Lawrence, Hannah Gloss, who's very good at that. Uh, you, you got Ellie Carpenter who can do that very well. Like Kelly O'Hara is stuff not in that class. class. Emily We're Fox who can times. do that. Sophia where to? Where to even sometimes doesn't even come that central. She likes to stay wide and deliver. Like you know, it's it. I'd be more comfortable with her doing that. But it's just like it's it was just weird. It was just weird. And I really want people to understand. Like if you're if you're looking at the game objectively and you see how Emily Fox is playing you can understand that, like, yes, she is very good, but there's service, there's a way to combine with your forwards that doesn't require you getting in their way, and then you look at the way Sofia Huerta played when she was in it right back, the assist that she delivered, you know, the, the service that she was putting in before and after uh, the Ashley Hatch goal, and you're just like, that's it, that's what we want, and then we didn't see it again, and I'll understand
0: it. Yeah, and it's like, so part of it I kind of... Oh, I mean, at least after two press conferences, I know there's a press press conference going on right now. Um, you know, of a, a lot of the players are on minutes restrictions. Like the and a few it seems like also a few of them picked up a few knocks, which is a little bit concerning to me. Like uh there was um post press conference they said that Trinity Rodman picked up a little bit of um picked up a little bit of an ankle injury. And so they're just like letting her rehab it before the NWSL season. But yeah, yeah. like, I yeah, I don't know. This tournament was kind of weird to me in that it was like we were seeing good pieces. And at times, like, they were fitting well in the puzzle. But then at other times, they weren't. And also, like, look, y'all know I love my who's. But why are you putting Emily Sana a right back or as a defensive midfielder? Like, she another player, again, who, like, is a quality player. Like, she was on a championship winning team. I thought her, um, like, her run through the championship, but, like, her partnership with Sam Stop for that entire run that the Spirit made throughout the, like, through the championship was really good. Like, they were very, very solid. <laughs> like, honestly, very, very solid. It's probably, like, probably diminishing it at times. But, like, they were great center back pairing. Why do you keep putting her at right back or at defensive midfielder when it is, clear that is not her position like yeah there are some players where you can kind of you know move that around like for example thinking a little bit like leah williamson did great at the uh like kind of great at that six eight kind of role but (laughs) like what it's almost like why do you keep putting her in positions to fail because i like i see that and i'm like she doesn't look comfortable in this position and not even in a way of like oh i was playing at a completely different position like for example. When you have a player like Crystal Dunn or even Midge at times when they would like, you know, their first 15 minutes going from playing as an attacking player wide forward to back to your outside back. Like, yeah, it's going to take them a little bit to adjust, but then they adjust. It's like you keep putting her in these positions. She never adjusts. And then at times like it ends up being defensive um, like frailties. Like I definitely thought. It was actually during that Czech Republic game, she definitely had a huge handball in the box that was not called. That should have been a penalty. That, like, 100% should have been a penalty. But it was like, you were putting her in the position where she's not used to being there. She's She's used to being at the center of the park, as a center back. Like, why do you keep putting her at outside back? Or, I mean, today she was kind of defensive midfielder. At that point it was kind of vibes and I was just, like, really wanting him to put Becky up top. But, like, it just doesn't make sense to me.
1: You know, the the sonnet thing is one of those things that just really, like, it's, why, because it's like, don't overthink it, right? We People have been trying to figure, trying to solve the Emily sonnet puzzle for a while. She has played multiple positions and people look at her and her aggressiveness and she can be pretty saucy on the ball and she's even gone like to Sweden, been an incredible attacking player you know moving up on the wing you know bombing forward as a as a full as a really attacking outside back and you see her like doing nutmegs in the box and stuff and you're thinking you know what maybe that's that's her role that's what she can do and the spirit go like their defensive record was i don't remember the numbers off the top of my head but their defensive record was ridiculous uh throughout basically the games right after i think just before and at, and certainly after the forfeit of the games for the for covid They had they went on a ridiculous defensive run, were really difficult to score on, and it looked like they solved it. Here's what Emily Sonnet is: she's a solid center back, and it's like the national team has looked at that and said, "Eh, "Nah, we 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 don't think so," because she's never. And I get it, right? Like Taryna Davison, Becky Sauerbrunn, uh, Alana Cook, who was very very good throughout this tournament, and also um, um, uh, Abby Dahlkemper, perhaps at some point might get back into the team. So. Like I get it, like it's stacked at center back, and you don't know if you can really get her in there, but we all saw it like the puzzle was solved. that's her role, and if you can't fit her on the team, shrug, guess she's staying home right like i like we, we she's not a right
0: back uh to answer your question, actually on that run, post two forfeits, I only let in four goals through the championship game,
1: yeah, like four that, it was it was unreal, <laughs> it was absolutely unreal,
0: yeah, so well, last thing, just kind of tying up this with she believes. I feel like the US has this problem where it's like, we have players of like quality players, but we can't really figure out where to put them. And so then we try to like shoehorn them into all of these little positions and it's either like, okay, you have, you really have two options. You stop calling them up to camp or you like then change how you play tactically if you really want to fit this player into your system. Like, do I think Emily Sonnet is going to Like, be your starting number one center back? Probably not, but if you really want to get her on the pitch and have her play as her best self, then, like, switch to three at the back, which is something I've actually been thinking we should be doing for a long time, but for different reasons. (laughs) But, like, then do three at the back or something like that. Like, there are other ways that you could do it without, like, putting a player in a position over and over again where it's, like, quite clearly not working, and they're also not Crystal Dunn. Because, to me, Crystal Dunn is truly the only player Look, I know what happens on other national teams where they try to bring attacking players and making them fullbacks. It don't work. It just works for Crystal Dunance because don't work, but <laughs> does not work in the same way. Um, seen, seen it been exposed a few times, but does not work in the same way. But Andre, yeah. any more thoughts? She believes as a whole, I know this has been mostly us focused. We didn't even really talk about Mal Pugh, who I thought had also had a really, really great game. Um, combination we actually saw a counter-attacking goal i feel like we haven't seen that in a while oh yeah that was
1: so nice to see oh that was beautiful too oh yeah it was gorgeous that that's how you perfectly run and this is the thing right and and i'm glad where you i'm glad you brought this back up because what i wanted to do how i wanted to end this is by all right yeah we talked about the deficiencies of the team we talked i talked about you know i got us into a conversation my bad About how I'm still upset (laughs) about how this transition took so long. So my fault. I had to get it off my chest again. I'm probably never gonna get over it because we should have been watching this for months in advance. But beyond all that, oh my god! Like I hope that I hope that the teams from here on out don't look too dissimilar from this. Like I know people made a big deal about who wasn't called up in this in, in into these for these games. People were, you know, they talked about it on the broadcast. They put them up, you know, all the players who won't call it, weren't called in. Obviously for me, Kristen Press still has a role on this team. So I'm not necessarily talking about her, but I do think you need to think long 100%. and hard about some of those other players coming into the team. But what I really wanted to do is, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up that, that Mal Pugel uh, with Katamarina Macario and her going on a, on a one, two, you know, counter-attack. Just that that is the, that is the just, intelligence and ability and awareness that is just so like, the, not only are so many of these players so ridiculously talented and technical, they can dribble, they can face you up one-on-one. They're very skilled on the ball. You know, they 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 know where to be. They know how to move in, in space. They know how to find space. You know, they're they're exceptional players. But the one thing that really gets you is that they also are so, so like they can just... Like, they can read a, read a situation developing and destroy it. Like, they put those two center backs in the worst possible position because as soon as Cat turns over the ball and gains possession, she drags one wide. And then Mal Pugh runs wide. And now there's a whole lot of space, and they're just passing the ball between each other. And there's nothing the other center backs can do because not only have they have they completely tore them, like separated them apart, They're also incredibly quick and very good on the ball and very good at at putting their passes exactly as where they need to be. And so to me, that was such a beautiful, like, there it is move. Like, there we go. Just like the Ashley Sanchez assist for Malpugh's first goal. Gorgeous, just gorgeous stuff. Just the timing and people were like, oh, it's offside. I'm like, yo, listen, we had the best goal we ever scored. the, The one against Mexico was called off on offside when it shouldn't have been consider this, just consider us even, right? Okay, because that was a beautiful pass and it deserved to have a goal and to be canonized in video and gift form. So like, I'm just really, really still excited about how this team looked in this game and the potential showed and it's so there. And I go back again, because I want to cap this with Katerina Macario.
0: Truly 100%. And also, and this is the one thing that I've kind of noticed, because I've been thinking a lot about the goals that the U.S. has been scoring, even kind of going back to, like, 2019 World Cup. And to me, I and like, obviously someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I have not seen really a counterattacking goal like that by the U.S., honestly, really in recent memory, where it's just, like, two players, run like, as you said, running at center backs, pulling them wide, getting them out of the position, quick one-two touch, truly like that entire position cat gains possession and it's what three passes and balls in the back of the net. Like that's something I haven't seen in on in a very, very long time, but it's also something where like under, and it's actually good that you mentioned that the, (laughs) that really beautiful masterpiece goal that was called off. I don't actually think it was offside. I think it's because I think post game, they said it's because Chesky blew her whistle too early. It was human error. It was absolute foolishness. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but to me, that's also like thinking about, okay, if, if that type of goal is Vago ball, right, where it's like build up, mo- like moving quickly, all of these things. To me, this goal, while it's not necessarily, let's say like the complete opposite, like it kind of is pretty opposite. You have two players quick on the transition, no build up play three passes, boom, boom, boom goal, which to me was not only really exciting to see in terms of like, kind of the maturation of the style of the way this team plays and also being able to hit, and this is I think was also if we think kind of back to the Olympics and part of that was personnel, of being able to hit teams in different ways. Like being able to really like to have players who are really good at hitting teams on the counter is going to be really, really important going forward. And like and also we have a plethora of players who can do it. Like we have like we saw a Cat, Mal, but also think about the players who are coming off the bench tonight. Midge, Lynn, like these are I mean, truly the list goes on, like press can do it. Like the list goes on and on and on of being able to hit that specific, like, you know, two, three on two, two on one, like just very short amount of players in the mix, quickly hitting off the counter, brilliant counterattacking football, which I saw that. And I was like, Whoa, this is, this isn't something I haven't seen for a while. And so I just like, it's a thing that I want us to keep. And by us, I mean, latko like if the situation calls for it like let the players do it because i also feel like so many times during the olympics there were so many moments like even thinking back to what those six disallowed goals (laughs) some of them offside some of them were just like disallowed but like i feel like at times it was that we were trying to make perfect goals where it was like oh i need to you know even though i have space in front of me i need to turn around and pass the ball back or Recycle or do all of these different things because I need to come up with this like really perfect goal where it's like we're getting behind the defensive line and we're tiki taka and all of these things. When it's like sometimes you can just have two players who are smart and quick running at the back line on the counter or sorry, like yeah, on the counter and just scoring simple goals. But we're moving on from She Believes, we're going to talk about the other tournaments that were going on. During this international break, because there are about 511 games every single day. So we're taking a quick break. We'll be right back. So, yes, and we're back after <laughs> a pretty lengthy discussion on the US women's national team. There are a lot of breakdown. Look, it's the bread and butter of this podcast. You can't say that you don't, you guys don't like coming here to hear us talk about the US Women's National Team. But um, there are also a whole bunch of other tournaments going on. We saw England win the Arnold Cup, which to me, like, that's now going to be your standout tournament. As long as you guys, like, keep like keep doing that. That was fun, definitely at times, even though the, the names and the commentary was painful. <laughs> we saw England win the Arnold Cup. Uh, and Andre, let's start there. So the Arnold Cup, if you don't remember, we featured England, Germany, Spain, and 2020 Olympic gold medalist Canada, and we actually saw England win, even though they were tied on points with Spain. The way they won was that they had yes, they had less yellow cards than Spain, <laughs> which to me was foolish, just do it on goal differential and then go to other tiebreakers. Why, why is cautions? The number one goal. why is that the first tiebreaker
1: yeah i that whole thing is weird they need to, they need to change that but but honestly before i talk about the play on the pitch i gotta i gotta i gotta laugh a little bit because we've been having a good a lot of fun about this uh with this on the <laughs> on the timeline is just the arnold clark cup is just a funny like it's funny and and when it first started I'm not going to lie I was like yo I I feel I feel a little inadequate right now like I don't know who Arnold Clark is I thought maybe he was like somebody some, some like really important figure for like women's soccer in England I was like yo I I need to find out who this dude is and I and I do some research right cuz I'm like I you know I feel ignorant about something I want I want to figure it out like I want to get the knowledge so I'm no longer ignorant and I find out it's a dude who like sells cars <laughs> <laughs> and like it like um yeah it's sponsorship and i love that but like i ain't used to a sponsor just being a dude <laughs> like it was just funny <laughs> as hell to be like oh, everybody was God. like england did it for arnold clark <laughs> like the timeline was just killing me like i just couldn't stop making jokes after joke after joke <laughs> i i did find out that he did pass away arnold clark left us i don't know when so apologies uh, for him and uh, and, I don't know and if that respect makes it to the man or worse. for no longer be or not respect but whatever i know it's just I, i'm sorry for, i'm sorry to this man but it's funny as hell to just be like arnold clark and, and then tonight everybody was like you know especially ashna she's been killing it with the arnold clark so jokes funny. like this is her new thing she was just like arnold clark would have put becky in at the nine it's just like <laughs> this isn't going to die like the arnold clark thing is here to stay and it made me laugh so much And I'm sorry we're talking about that before the players, but I I couldn't hold on to it any longer. It's been killing me.
0: (laughs) It is literally, I mean, as you guys could tell, I could not keep it together while Andre was, like, trying to, like, set it up. Because I was like, this tournament is just named after some dude. Or, since it's in England, some bloke. Just, (laughs) just a (laughs) dude. That is literally, it's so funny to me. Like, it is absolutely hilarious. It's also, like, kind of funny to me because I feel like they really set it up. Not saying that, like, believes, for example, it's not, like, an actual tournament, but the fact that they had, like, a golden boot winner, and, like, all of these things, I was like, oh, wait, like, I'm not really seeing this kind of in this, uh, normally, like, February window of international tournaments, um, but yeah, <sighs> shout out to Arnold Clark. The jokes, jokes were coming <laughs> left and right, and I was... Honestly, Andre, when you're crying, um, for those who watched, what is it, Tuesday's coverage of the Champions League, where Micah Richards and Thierry Henry are just laughing at each other and Micah Richards starts crying, that was me during the lead-up, like, trying not to cry, thinking about how this tournament was just named after some man. Like, RIP, but he's he's just a dude. It's not like he's, like, some famous figure and... In- like an English women's football oh god the jokes um but yeah honestly, that's won. what was
1: killing me it was just he's he's just a dude and and it's like I, I like I and and str- like she believes is a terrible name for a tournament I don't like it it's ridiculous we've clowned it for years but it looks like it's gonna stay but so wow. so it's not it's not even like laughing at England because of the you know coming up with something weird. it's just a really funny thing but also like you know I I <laughs> In a reply, I also called the Arnold Clark Cup the He Believes Cups. Like (laughs) (laughs) like, I I can't like the jokes are just too there are too many of them to be made, and we've been killing it. So I shout out to us, but uh, but all right, I'm gonna get back, gonna get to the game.
0: Not the He Believes (laughs) Cup. I'm weak. I did not see that.
1: I kept that one as an at reply. I, did, I didn't let that one be known to the world because I was like, yo, I, this one's for me right now. I'm just going to laugh. But we'll get back to the play So I want to talk about Canada. I thought they I'm had a good cried. tournament overall. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm We're going we to get
0: there. It's <laughs> in my eyes that he believes.
1: <laughs> amazing um, but but so okay we gotta move on oh, we got it we're good we're good we, we we can't i can't promise any more like no more uh, you know outbursts of laughter it may happen but it's all good uh, shout out to arnold clark um so, so all right so i had a couple observations in this tournament right I, th- I thought england played better than what we've seen them do i think serena wigman has a very good um tactical brain i think what she did to actually disrupt spain was smart really really smart and it worked um and shout out to jill scott because she was central to doing that and again anytime i get a chance to call out how ridiculous gareth taylor is i'm gonna because he just sent her on loan to aston villa like she couldn't help that manchester city midfield doesn't make any sense Tru- um, like
0: truly truly
1: right but, also with like but all the can, injuries
0: mess yeah a mess it,
1: right yeah it does it just didn't make any sense but but going back to Canada like Canada is and Bev Priestman kind of said this after their game today is that she's once more she's she's now that they've built like a solid defensive structure she wants to try to find out ways where they can let let the players be free like go forward more often like take more chances. but to me that's kind of what you risk a little bit and it worked out very well for them in the Olympics because they're very hard to break down they're very very hard to score against. And a lot of that is because of how good their players are. And yo, we gotta shout out Khadisha Buchanan. Bro, because, that oh was the my first thing God.
0: good <laughs> like her performance, her performances, honestly, this like this entire season. Like think about club play too. But she was a brick. Just like not letting anyone through her like, <laughs> like going back like you know, we're talking about, you know, cat's vision and movement, like Khadisha Buchanan was truly on to me on fire this tournament like she was anticipating everything to me like really didn't take it a step wrong like just so solid in the back like just the anchor of that Canada defensive solidity is Kadisha Buchanan she was like just like chef's kiss she almost scored uh in their game against Spain and I don't know how she didn't, I don't know how Jordan Heitema did not score. But then the replay somehow missing her and her not scoring, like just truly just so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it, that her performance all tournament was just absolutely unreal. I mean, if you want to know what good defending looks like, it was just her. I mean, the, anything it, like Canada's good defensively, no matter what. So when you get into a good position, you got to make it count. But <laughs> there were so many times when a player was in a really good position. Finally, it's almost like, finally, we get a shot at goal. We get a clean shot at goal. And then Buchanan would come out of nowhere and block that. And it was just like, it had to be so frustrating. But she was so, so incredibly good this tournament. Um, wanted to shout out. I made a joke about
0: oh. Kadisha Buchanan where uh, <laughs> it was like, she's like Dikembe Mutombo. Goes, no, no, no. And like swats the ball out of your hand. That was Kadisha <laughs> Buchanan this entire tournament.
1: Absolutely, yes. I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible. Also want to shout out Ashley Lawrence, because we've talked about it before. Say it again. She's one of the best fullbacks in the world, and she showed it multiple times during this tournament as well. Canada is loaded, absolutely loaded with ridiculous talent all over the pitch too. You know, defense, midfield, and attack. They are very, very strong. And I was I was, I like what they're building and I like the way they're building it. Personally, I would like to see the attack flow a bit more. You know, we saw a little bit of Nichelle Prince and Deanne Rose on the pitch at the same time, but I don't think that happened enough. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also think that like, sometimes you have to really understand that, yes, you have very solid defenders, but then trust them to defend and let your attackers go attack. Um, And, you know, I'm not necessarily, I I don't want to critique this team too much because You know, they don't have a professional league in Canada. All their players are playing, you know, in other leagues elsewhere. And it's very difficult to bring everybody together. Beth Priestman has done an amazing job with that team. You know, just getting to the gold medal match and winning the gold medal, that is an incredible accomplishment that nobody thought was going to happen. Like, Canada was not among the favorites for that Olympic tournament. So I don't want to do that, uh, you know, talk about them too negatively, but I do want to say like, the, I really, I want to frame it as the next phase of their evolution. And I, I think I agree with Priestman when she said this, is that it's getting to that next level of saying, all right, now we formulate an attack. We know how to defend. We know how to disrupt teams. Now, how do we build on that to moving up the pitch and getting the ball in the back of the net? And I'm really excited to see them do that because as we've mentioned here before, Deanne Rose, Michelle Prince. No, Canada has a lot of very, very talented players.
0: Yeah, and I think with that, and I will say, like, and, you know, it's hard because I feel like for a lot of these tournaments, like, obviously, we saw a lot of rotation. You really want to be managing minutes when, like, you have, for example, players like Quinn who are in their NWSL preseason. But the the difference between having Quinn and Desiree Scott kind of anchor that midfield is low-key kind of like night and day. Like, there were times where... I was like, Canada's midfield. Fortunately, it's a little holy, guys. Guys, it's just a little, it's just, it's a little Swiss cheesy. Um, but I actually think it's, it's funny that Bev Priestman said that she wants her players to kind of have more freedom going forward. Because to me, it wasn't like Canada wasn't getting good shots at goal. Like, especially during at the end of that Spain game where it was like kind of becoming end to end, like... I don't know. At one point, I think I might have tweeted a few times. I was like, Canada, please, how are you not scoring? How are you not putting these away? Like, it was the type of thing where I was like, you quite simply just need someone to like stand right in front of the goal and the ball will hit off of them and go in the goal. Cause like the the crosses going in, like, they were just the type of thing where it was like, you just need like the tiniest, the tiniest little tippy, tippy tap. And like the ball, this ball would be in the back of the net. Um, so it's just kind of like funny hearing that being like oh more freedom going forward which I definitely think at times it was like probably like a little bit you know um I think the word I'm looking for is Sturgid but I don't know if that's a real word stodgy I don't know um you know just a little clunky going forward but then it was also at times where it seemed like like for example getting Deanne Rose on the ball letting um you know playing those through balls and things like that letting her get on the ball cross it um at, to me at times I was like that is this is working really really well and it's obviously stuff that we've seen a lot but to me for Canada I mean part of it was that you know we know that Christine Sinclair wasn't there but like to me what I'm going to be looking at for Canada really going forward is like who is their next kind of big target forward I don't want to say necessarily like a number nine because as I was saying before like I don't think we're really going to have very traditional number nines anymore but like who is that like if you have your front if you have like two out of your three front three one is Nichelle Prince the other is Deanne Rose who is that kind of person that might live a little bit more centrally at times to kind of pop up in those right spots and really you know put those balls in the back of the net because to me I was like that's probably the number one thing at the moment that Canada like really needs to kind of find out and solidify going forward, given that Christine Sinclair is not going to play forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that is it. And it's weird because I really thought Jordan Heidemann would be it. And maybe if they let her, you know, maybe if they get more uh, reps and they get more, you know, they, they build the attack a bit more and get, you know, Deanne Rose, like we mentioned and Nichelle Prince and, you know, Janine Becky scored one of the goals of that tournament. I think her, her left footed banger was just incredible. Was it left foot? I think it was left foot. Um, but it was just, Uh, it was incredible. But yeah. Yeah. So, so I think they, they have a lot of talent and attack. It's just a matter of getting it together. And I actually think, you know, like you mentioned there, there aren't really so too many traditional nines and that's really just the way the game is played. But I think Heidema is, is probably as close as they're going to get. And, it's a really good option and it's and they got to figure out how to how to get her scoring goals the way that she does for club because she's a very very good player and i think she solves a lot of those problems like you said Christine Sinclair won't play forever would be great if she could cuz she's amazing but yeah. i think that's that's probably what they need so i have a question for you though what did you think about england
0: i will add to that but i will say Heidema did hit the post like she had a beautiful yeah. diving header and um actually can't remember who was in the net but it was the Gallardo maybe oh, yeah I think it might have been Gallardo like kind of crazy tiny little baby fingertip save and that like ricochets off uh, the crossbar um and I was like pain um because also talking about Janine Becky beautiful service on that ball beautiful service um but yeah that's something definitely I'm 100% going to be keeping an eye on uh going forward and also um I do want to shout out Jade Riviere. I know the first game it was really walky, really walky, um, really rocky, and she was kind of getting washed at times. But I do think that she was really, really started growing into the tournament, and the fact that she's only a college player and was like, you know, starting next to a seven-time Champions League winner, it's like she's got a bright future ahead of her. Like once she gets, um, like once she really starts growing as a player and. You know, actually starts playing professionally outside of college. <laughs> um, she has also a bright future ahead of her as well. Uh, but to answer your question, what did I think about England? I don't know, it's kinda hard to say because I feel like as opposed to if kind of think of the US, where it's like no one was really messing up individually, aside from those two players we talked about, but like and it, they weren't great team performances, I feel like England was having really, really good team performances.
1: Yeah. I thought, you know, as I, I gave I gave a, a shout out for what she did um against Spain. I thought that was very clever. Um and the team executed it very well. Um, that Spain team is is a bit difficult. And we're going to talk about them next because I think they're a very interesting case, um, uh, particularly with the Barcelona links. And we're going to talk about why people and particularly announcers need to stop calling them Barcelona because we just saw that what that looked like that ain't it um but the 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 brightest player
0: doesn't even pay for barcelona the brightest player of the tournament doesn't didn't even play for barcelona
1: facts and they weren't even gonna call her up but we're gonna get there we're gonna get (laughs) (laughs) um england so for me england i think i really really like uh leah william williamson in midfield i thought that was a very very good move she's such a composed calm player and her passing is excellent I think where they mess up, for me, a couple things. And I think they're kind of figuring it out. But um, this this is going to sound biased because I all know I'm a Chelsea person. And Emma Hayes was commentating and she's, you know, manager of Chelsea. So this is weird. But surprise, surprise. I was very
0: surprise. surprised about that. We agree.
1: <laughs> uh, Fran Kirby should be playing the 10. Uh, I think okay. she's so good. I
0: wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Yes. yeah
1: I, I, she is so good in those central spaces. She is such quick feet, such so, so good on the dribble, so good at distributing uh, passes around the final third that to me she just has to, and you have quality on the wings. you have Beth Mead, you have Lauren Hemp, you have players who can really run at and are very good at being on the ball and running at uh, defenders and creating chances and to me, so to me, they need that, and I think they need them. I know they will never get over Ellen White, and Ellen White definitely for me has a role. But I think if you're going to play, you know, the, the style that most suits your attack, I think you need a more mobile forward uh, than that. So I would maybe like to see Russo. I would maybe like to see, you know, some other players get a chance up there because I think that the potential for combinations is a lot more varied than when you just have Ellen White who kind of stays central. But those are kind of my notes on England. I wonder what you were thinking about them.
0: Yeah, so I completely agree. Um, with Fran Kirby needing to play a ten, like especially seeing her play against Germany today, I was like, why, why is she not a ten? Like, why is she not really? Ru- especially when you have players behind her like Leah Williamson, who are calm and collected on the ball and can. I mean, I will say there were a few times where there was some calamitous defending that did made me cackle. Um, specifically one time with Leah Williamson and, um uh leo williamson and lucy bronze just like smacked into each other and germany almost scored <laughs> and it I was just oh my like, god yeah. i was like <laughs> okay. i was like this is uh in the, in the words of nigerian skims, this is un- unserious defending um but yeah obviously there were a few times where like things were a little bit shaky but i yeah i just i'm like i don't understand why friend kirby is not playing in the 10 right now you can see what like it's not only you can see what she can do when you allow her to just like roam and like obviously she can fit into systems and things like that but when she's allowed to you know like get into pockets play the ball through seams like it is just it is truly so beautiful and there's a reason why like i remember i think i remember this from like i ma- maybe it was like the 2019 women's world cup where they were literally calling her like the little messy and i was like honestly fair like I think that's kind of like in the in like in her movement and stuff like that, and the passes she plays, I'm like fair, um, so yeah, that is one thing. I am a little bit confused at times about um Stanway in the midfield, like sometimes I think it kind of worked, but then other times I feel like she was constantly getting her pocket picked, um, and there just like wasn't necessarily a ton of defensive stability, and I think the only other thing. That was like a little bit stand outy to me is what England will do when they're kind of hit with it's like kind of a speedy winger or like someone who's like kind of speedy or tricky and can like kind of get around you in your back line. Cause I do think, and I mean, to me, this was pretty evident during really the entire Arnold cup was just, and obviously this will come with these players playing together more, but I just thought kind of in general, I was like defensive shape. Where is it? Where is it? At times, vibes. Just vibes. <laughs> uh, kind of on the back line. Not saying those players aren't good, but there was just like so little defensive shape.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that that's kind of going to be England's weakness. And they're going to have to really counter that with a lot of control of games. And sometimes they're not always able to do that, um, particularly with the, the personnel that they had and the way they were playing it sometimes. But yeah, I do. I do think that that is a bit of a weakness, but I, but I am excited about their attack. You know, it is, it is very intriguing. Um, I would like to see them try to get players like Lauren James in. I would like to see them get players like Ebony Salmon in, you know, those kind of players. I think they are very good. Um, and they, they certainly should have a role, particularly in this attack, um, in the way that it moves and structures they they are like their player profiles really, really suited well. So hopefully we can see some of that. I think Emily, Ebony Salmon had like, I think she was tearing up the U23. Um, so it's time to move her on up, um, please. Um, let's talk about Spain now. So Spain, Spain had the me... funniest
0: joke of the entire tournament where they would get in great <laughs> go, offensive go positions and then just not score. The fun, It's the yeah. joke that keeps on laughing at them. <laughs> like they get, they yeah, do all say, the right things the sp- Spain. Get in all the right positions. And they just quite simply cannot score. It's truly pain. I mean, it's Spain without the S.
1: <laughs> Facts. I mean, they, they. This is kind of what they do, and it is weird. Like, you know, and, and another reason why people who just talk like they're Barcelona are just like, first of all, do you know why that Barcelona team is good? Like, like, yeah, there's a few players on there, but there's some pretty key ones that are there that aren't quite there on the international stage. But also, what they're doing is not quite the same know yes they keep ball they keep the ball and they like to have possession but it's not the same they don't move the same they don't do the same passing sequences or combinations like this is a very separate team and it's really weird that people just well i guess it's not weird because it's easy for people to do like oh they have so many barcelona players they're gonna play like barcelona mm, no doesn't quite work like that um i thought one of the best things and we touched on this you know before we start talking about england is Athena, real madrid bro. winger
0: bro <laughs> She just was washing filthy. people left and right. They have families. She said, I don't <laughs> care about your families. Filthy.
1: And it and so the whole story was, right? They weren't gonna call her up. And then there was an injury, and they end up calling her up. And she just like she goes crazy at the tournament. And I thought it, I think what she did for them was such a gift, not only because she was so good, but because it straight up showed them like sometimes you're going to need to play a lot more direct. Sometimes you just need to roll the ball to a winger and have them go at the fullback and create a chance. And there were so many times when they just didn't, for whatever reason, because Spain is the way that Spain is and that coach is the way that he is and what he wants to do with the team. But they, like, so many of their chances came from her just absolutely destroying the opposition, <laughs> just dribbling right through them, nutmegs, no matter, like, she wa- she had violence in her heart, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, that, and this kind of, it's so funny to me, and, like, <laughs> I feel this way about international football in general, because it's, like, you, I mean, outside of the U.S., these, like, these players are so rarely, like, coming together in these environments, um, and kind of playing for their national team, that it's, like, while you try to impose like a style and a passage of play on them. Also at the same time, like you just gotta let your players play and like if you have incredible wingers, let them be incredible wingers. Like it's like it's almost like you don't have to reinvent the wheel to get this team to fit together and click. And yeah, while like tactics obviously play a part in that and who your opposition is and all that stuff, sometimes it's like keep it simple. Like when you have a (laughs) like when you have great wingers and you can get behind Backlines, or you know get by one on one, just like let your players do that,
1: yeah, yeah, completely agree, so we, we want to move on to 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 the tournament in France in just a second, but we cannot leave the arnold clark slash he believes cup uh, <laughs>
0: before, be, be,
1: be, before we talk about the golden boot winners,
0: <laughs> wait, I do want to give one tiny shout out uh to the um the goal, that was it, who is it, Linda Magoo? Oh,
1: yeah, Lena for Magoo, that, yeah, that Lena free Magoo. kick.
0: That free Ooh. kick was fire. I just got to give a shout out to that. Also, at times, Germany, don't know how you didn't score five goals on England. Don't I, I look, probably a pain to watch and tape, but shout out to that free kick. But let's talk about the Golden Boots. the The Golden Boot winner, for those who don't know, only two players got two goals this tournament, one of them was what, reigning FIFA Best Player of the Year and Ballon d'Or winner, Alexia Puteas. And the other one was Millie Bright, who at <laughs> one point today, we saw literally playing as a target <laughs> forward, literally talking about like, you need a target number nine. That <clears throat> is low-key what Millie Bright was doing at one point today. <laughs> oh. And she notched a goal that some called offsides, but I think would be the offside rule because it bounced off a defender, it doesn't matter. But anyway, she <laughs> scored the winning goal. It was absolute jokes. I was like, "Vlacho, why aren't you doing this to Becky Sauerbrunn? We deserve it. Right? Becky deserves it." But Millie Bright, number 9, just <laughs> just a fantastic moment.
1: Yo, the picture they posted of the <laughs> of both of them standing <laughs> there with their hands on the golden boot. Is one of the funniest things I've seen in forever because Pateus is looking around like what why am (laughs) I I in this situation right now? (laughs) Why am I holding a golden boot from an international tournament and in one hand and my arm is around Millie Bright and one of her hands is on the other side of this golden boot award. (laughs) Why am I in this situation? It is so Funny And shout out to her because I feel you like I absolutely feel you. I'm sorry. That it had to be this way, but it's hilarious. Like that Millie Bright's goal. Um, uh, who was it against that? That volley was that Canada?
0: Canada. Yeah. Great yeah, volley. So, so that was Great
1: volley. it was incredible. And she tries that a lot for Chelsea. And I was like, damn it. Why can't you like why can't that happen when you're wearing Chelsea colors? Because she tries it almost like once a match but it was incredible. And then she played forward and scored the the winning goal today. It was just so great. And that fit, that picture, I'm telling you, I will never forget this picture because it is killing me.
0: (laughs) Everything about it makes me laugh so hard. You can, I'm looking at it right now and it's like Pute, like the pain in her eyes of why am I right here is just, it's deeply hilarious. Uh, So shout out to the Arnold Cup. Uh, but before I move on to the tournoi de f- oh, wait, I learned it tournoi de France uh do you want to give a quick shout out to friend of the pod Ethiana Amanu? Oh, look it was a tough stream oh, to watch yes. literally looked like as uh Jenny, Jenna Tonelli said it looked like it was being shot on an iPhone three and I was like accurate <laughs> um, but Facts. uh Nigeria did get through and qualify for uh the africa women's cup of nations uh they beat cote d'ivoire i know some france cote d'ivoire uh 3-0 on aggregate but two of those goals were scored by friend of the pod ifiana manu in the first leg of that well in the first leg of that matchup if not only scored her first international goal but she also got her first international brace so shout out to ifiana manu can't wait to see you tearing shit up midge in the NWS as we season. said on the pod
1: she upgraded she absolutely upgraded and we love she it she did
0: upgrade and it was just yo, know, truly shout out to her but you know who i will not shout out those two commentators <laughs> in that nigeria game where they were saying that um oh my god ashley plum Plumtree was the best player and i was like yeah she played great but what about the player that literally won you this game huh what about what about her truly what about her but yeah shout out to Efi
1: yeah no doubt so uh let, let's go to the 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 um and we're we won't we probably won't get a chance to talk because this podcast is already going to be kind of long so we probably won't get a chance to talk to break down too many of the W qualifiers but uh, but Courtney is going to run through some of the scores and talk about it a little bit uh at the end but also wanted to talk about this uh this tournament because France y'all know how we feel about France And that team with all the diaspora on it, y'all know how we feel about Brazil with all that, you know, with all that skill, all that, you know, Marta, Dabinia, and some diaspora as well.
0: Pray for Finland.
1: Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, I thought, I thought this, this tournament was, was great, especially because we got to see again, and we've said this before on the podcast. So this is not any recency thing, but one of the best strikers in the world right now, And I'm talking top three, and she's not three. Top two, she ain't two. Katoto. She is absolutely, her scoring record is unbelievable. And you saw in this tournament, her instincts, just her scoring instincts, how she's so good at being where she needs to be, but not just that, moving just slight movements to create a little bit of space. I mean, that back hill goal, she scored which and basically which one she did a couple of them right but it's just out just unreal just unreal at being able to get the right touch at the right moment the right the perfect placement creating just the the amount of space she needs to get it off like it is she's unreal she some of those finishes are just absolutely crazy and she does it like it's nothing
0: yeah she has been absolutely spectacular if you don't watch psg games go tune in like She's the the number one leading scorer, and she literally has a six point or sorry, a six goal gap, uh, as current uh in the race for the golden boot for D1 Akema. She's I just want to like roll off some stats because it's not only that we like not only is the eye test so clear that she is. Such a spectacular player. But I do want to run down some of her stats from D1 Arkema this season. She's not only leading the race for the Golden Boot with 15 goals. Andre, you want to know who's number two? <laughs> Who? Kat. Kat has nine goals in D1 Arkema. <laughs> Just throwing that in there. Figured. <laughs> uh, She has nine goals Um, as well. Uh, Katoto is leading the line also for goals and assists. She has 19 goals and assists, which means... 15 goals plus 4 assists. The number 2 for that also, shout out uh, Sandy Baltimore, who has also been playing really, really well, but we just know that Katoto is such a fantastic player. Like, the combination of her and Diani, and then, at t- and then when Sandy was on the pitch with them, like, France could just get a non-evil coach. They could literally just world domination. Oh, oh God, that like, that front 3. The fact First of all, another villain origin story, not being brought to the 2019 World Cup, Oh. being yes, left off the roster. Truly, it. how dare you? But she has just been like not only in such good form and I actually want <laughs> to uh, save it for maybe some tweets tomorrow of seeing like seeing how many goals she scored, like literally in the um, over the past, you know, calendar year from February of 2021 to February of 2022. She has truly been so spectacular and we all know the reason why she's not getting enough shine. Like we all know why she's not getting enough shine. And it's literally the reason why this podcast exists because she has been on such has been in such incredible form scoring goals for club and country, scoring, assisting, doing the dang thing, and people still aren't talking about her.
1: Yeah, I I mean <sighs> Just the the scoring record is absolutely unreal. It's absolutely unreal. I mean, just the goal contributions are unreal. But yeah, just her her instincts, how she is as a forward. I mean, if you like good forward, you know, pure goal scoring play, she does it from all over. Like in, in the box, it doesn't really matter. She's gonna get her ball, get her foot to the ball and score, or her head. Who knows? Like she she scores a bunch of goals and like seriously, and she's still so young. What is she still twenty two? Like it's ridiculous. Or is she twenty-three now? Like it is like she's still so incredibly young and it is wild to me that she's yeah, you know, I well, I'll say wild, but it's not wild. Yeah, she's twenty three. She turned twenty-three in November. It's it's like we've talked about this before. It's not necessarily wild because we expect this, unfortunately. But and again, like Courtney said, that's why the podcast exists, but still like uh, it it should not be happening with, with Katoto because she has been this for multiple years now. And when you look at the goal scoring record, you look at her stepping up in big games. You look at her stepping up on the international stage. There's nobody else doing this. Like, like Sam Kerr burst on the scene and, and was doing like having a goal scoring record a run like this. And she became widely known as the best striker in the world. You know, Miedema still, she, you know, she can score a bunch of goals against, you know, and this is no shot. And there's no slight to her. But we kind of know like players have strengths and weaknesses. And we know that sometimes she doesn't always show up in some of the bigger games. We know that sometimes, you know, for the international team, it doesn't quite work the same way that it does at Arsenal. We know that. But you have a player like Katoto who's doing it for club and country and there's no drop off. You got to have her in those conversations because she's just been incredible. Oh, and you know what? I also wanted to shout out, uh, I forgot when I was naming the, the teams that were in this uh, tournament, Netherlands. Netherlands was the other team that was in the tournament. And shout out to Berenstein. She did have a goal as well. Uh, very, very good player. And and facing mm, that Dutch team is weird. Going to be interesting to see what Mark Parsons can do with that.
0: Also... Uh, Just want to give some shout-outs. Happy birthday, Marta. Happy belated birthday. Scoring a penalty goal on her birthday. Um, To me, honestly, I know everyone's talking about the Arnold Cup, but to me, this tournament was actually the most fun. um, Just in terms of, you know, like, complete different mashups of, uh, you know, styles of play. Also, like, where players are playing. um, Just, like, respectively in their club teams around the world. Uh... It was like honestly, it was just it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought Brazil, uh, at times were really really bright. Obviously, they did, um, you know, and I feel like this is probably a little bit of the entire kind of theme, maybe of this international break, um, outside of CONCACAF, actually, <laughs> um, where like obviously I think each team could probably could have been a little bit more clinical in the final, uh, you know, in the final third, scoring more goals and things like that. But you know, I tweeted it before. Um, and I'll say it again, I'm, like, so high on Caroline. Like, I just think her ceiling is so high, and, like, seeing her play with Dabinia is going to be so much fun week in and week out, um, in the NWSL. Like, I just think she has, like, not only is it just, like, look, that Brazil, the Brazil-France game was just sauce on top of sauce on top of sauce. Players were going for it. Like, (laughs) it honestly was just so so much fun um and also we could like literally tweet about everyone because it was just there was just look black people were everywhere having the time of their lives um but yeah to me the the tournoi de france um was really really fun berenstein as you mentioned has had a really really good performance um she was (laughs) uh like i don't know she was just kind of on one and i want to put it so simply but she really was just kind of on one but between but at least on the france side between. Katoto, Diani, Sandy, Baltimore—they were just like, like we're out here and we're here to dominate. Really hoping they get a new coach. I do say that purposefully, um, and so they can start, you know, getting some world domination. Uh, but I think also the, because I feel like for the part of it, like Brazil is kind of in a tiny bit of a transition phase. You know, just Marta can't play forever. Absolute pain. Really would love to see her play forever. Um, but also the international retirement of Formiga, like. They're kind of in um, like a tiny bit of a transition phase, and I I do like at least some of the passages of plays um, that they're putting on. One of their defenders who is not, or sorry, one of their goalkeepers who is not Barbara um, had a few calamitous moments, but I don't know. It's just like I quite simply just enjoy seeing other teams and other styles just play each other. I'm very sorry for fin- for Finland of just sometimes getting the beat down on them though
1: yeah that did happen that's why we you know that's why we were had they they actually showed up well in their in their last game of the tournament so hopefully they they took away quite a bit i mean they knew i know they do have good very good players so i wasn't trying to be like mean on the internet or anything about them um but they just don't have the same quality as the other three teams but
0: but yeah i was also i was the front the front I, line of the front threes like uh, yes sorry definitely. like i would say sorry <laughs> to this man for almost anyone
1: <laughs> right uh but but yeah i mean i it's that that brazil france game was amazing you know that was one of those games where it's just fun to watch because it doesn't matter who has the ball you can always expect something wild to happen like or if it doesn't happen you can see what they were about to pull off and that's one of the like to me that's one of the best things about soccer It's just the anticipation you know or, or when you see something like a player try something and maybe it doesn't come off but you see the vision as well Like to me, those those are gifts. Like that's a thing that you get to interact with, where you're like, "Ooh, that was nice," or "Ooh, that would have been so nice." And then you're you're rooting for them the next time they get the ball to do something um, as well. So like, I just thought that match was one of my favorite matches to watch because I didn't really like. I, I have so much love for players on both squads that I was just like, honestly, I want them all to do something dope, and they were trying. They absolutely, absolutely were trying every possession. Both teams were trying to do something wild to one another, and it was great to fun. It was great to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely a fun time. Also, look, I just love watching France play, and I will say, I think the one thing, the one thing from this uh, tournament, and kind of all 3 it's like kind of summarizing the three tournaments that we've talked about is, and this is one thing that I, you know, did want to see kind of going into the international break was like, I want to see how these teams are doing against, um, you know, quite simply just like more quality competition, like, and I know we're going to hit on it in uh, World Cup qualifiers, but when you are, you know, when you're a team like France or the Netherlands or Spain or England and you're playing against federations that, like, barely, like, barely is, like, a nice way of putting it, um, supporting their women's national teams, like, of course, you're going to see all of these crazy insane lopsided results, like, you know, 9 nothing, 12 nothing, 11 Um, so seeing them Play against competition um, that, for example, we will probably see them play against during the Euros this upcoming summer was just like really, really fun. And to me, it really surprisingly, most of the things I thought about these teams going into it with maybe the exception of England were kind of solidified of like how I thought maybe each national team program was doing. Um, No one really had like any big shakeup, but I would also say that I think um, We'd seen, we'd seen France a few times, especially when playing against big European competition, kind of, you know, falter or just like not necessarily play as well as I think they wanted to. And I, even though it's, you know, obviously a very, it's a, it's a small sample size, the, like the, when you have a player like Katoto and Diani and Sandy Baltimore and like cascarino i mean you could literally list it on and on and on like cascarino like they don't even have imagery there um also shout out to the celebration for um i know this is a small tangent but shout out to the celebration for oh, aminata yes. diallo um we should probably do a update kind of what's going on with her um post the entire world character assassinating her um over us like over the situation with um hamrawi that even was literally she was cleared of any wrongdoing uh and yet was character assassinated by all of the white press um but we'll probably revisit that on the next episode but also shout out to that celebration um because it really proves we we the only one we got
1: oh and i also wanted to give a shout out into the performance uh from france um and because there are so many players that were just like incredible like again that that france team is ridiculous but uh sakina karchawi she had a great tournament as well. She's she's stepping up as one of the fullbacks to watch too because she did some nasty stuff, uh dribbling into the box and beating players 1v1. So yeah, she actually did something wild that I actually thought it was Cascarino. And I was like, My bad. I got I got it wrong. I'm sorry, I got I got caught. It was my bad. I'm putting my hand up and say my bad because I just assumed it was Cascarino because I'm used to her being saucy on the wing. But this is Karchawi just like weaving through three players, and I didn't expect that. Um, but yeah, um so, getting a little long on the podcast so I do, but we do want to make sure we t- we um mention some of the stuff that went down in the CONCACAF W qualifiers. So, Courtney, uh get the folks caught up before we get out of here.
0: Yeah, just quick update uh about what's going on in CONCACAF. So, uh if you watch any of those games, you will see that most of them were very, very lopsided. We saw some 19-0 victories, some 12-0 victories, some 9-0 victories. Um just really, really lopsided results everywhere and we're probably going to dig a little bit more into that on the next podcast because we are going long. Um but just a quick update. So the fun thing about the, all of these groups is that they in terms of like who is leading the group for group A, groups A through F, uh actually all the groups look the same where you have two teams um with six points, one team with three points and then the bottom two teams out of the groups with zero points. Uh so just running through the top two of each group you have Um, Mexico and Puerto Rico leading the way in group A, Guatemala and Costa Rica leading the way in group B, Dominican Republic and Jamaica, shout out to Bunny Shaw, we're definitely going to talk about her more next podcast, um, leading the way in group C, in group D, we all, uh, Panama and El Salvador are leading the way, in group E, Cuba and Haiti are leading the way, and in group F, we have Guyana and Trinidad being absolutely dominant in that group as well. Um so yeah, that's just quick update about what's going on in Concacaf. Um Concacaf World Cup qualifying is on the women's side is a little bit different because right now they're in kind of a group uh, like kind of group uh, well they are in a group stage and the top 6 from each group goes into Another set of qualifying where you see the U.S. and Canada going in, and that will happen this summer, specifically starting on July 4th in Monterey, Mexico. So very, very excited about that.
1: So we, we know the pod's a little long. Apologies, but we got really hyped after the U.S. Women's National Team did what they did after Katarina Macario did what she did. But we're going to be back with a more standard episode next week. Uh, make sure that we, we have the, the typical segments, segments and an opportunity to break down some of the more serious stuff that we talk about on this podcast. But until then, we want to make sure y'all know Pachek Trans Kids. We're going to link some resources in the show notes. If you can donate, please donate. Um, and we will talk to y'all next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora U T D P O D. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.